Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre OTs, current OT professionals, and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello, OT geniuses. Welcome to another Pre-OT Secrets episode. Uh, So... Um, we're continuing with a settings in OT series. We've had some op- awesome episodes so far from um, people in school based people who specifically work with individuals with arthritis, um, individuals that work with postpartum um, health and with moms. Um, and so but today uh, we're going to branch out a little bit more into a non-traditional uh, setting or population, um, uh, kind of, you know, it just depends on how you look at it from the OT perspective. Um, but yes, we have the one and only Vanessa Yanis, and she is an occupational therapist, um, currently. And, um, what she has been doing is amazing because, uh, she's been spreading a lot of awareness of, occupational therapy's role within oncology and there is definitely a story behind that and so we're going to be hearing from her so without further ado welcome Vanessa how are you today hi Jessica I am good um I'm here in San Antonio Texas it's warm but rainy but we expect <laughs> that <laughs> so I'm melting um but it's nice to 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 look out today but I'm really excited to be here so thank you so much for having me no, thank you for just being on here. I mean, all the people, like, it, it really, it it seems like podcasting can be just an opportunity to, um, you know, spread information. But believe it or not, I've learned a lot myself just because as a traditional, quote unquote, therapist, I work in pediatrics currently. And just seeing and hearing what other people are doing or what they've experienced within the field, um, you know, whether it's hippotherapy or in your case, oncology, it, it's it's mind blowing the things that we can do. So I always I, I really, really enjoy it. And I love passing on this knowledge onto the, you know, the the future of our profession. And so um, so so and Vanessa, if you if you don't mind with with that said. How did you um, get into uh, the oncology uh, role, uh, you know, as an you know, occupational therapist within oncology? Like, how did you do that? Yeah, you know, it, from the beginning, um, I, I don't think I expected to. I wanted to, but I didn't think it was going to happen for me. And so it really goes back to I was 19. Um, right out of college, I mean, right out of high school, my first year in college, when I was diagnosed with a rare blood cancer, uh, rare in young adults. 
And I was hospitalized for a really long time. And I went through a bone marrow transplant, a lot of chemotherapy. And during that time, I really wasn't able to do a, lot, a whole lot. I There was a lot of occupational deprivation during that time. And I had a lot of services involved. And I'm so grateful for all the services because I had OT, PT, rec therapy, social work, um, this team of nurses and physicians at City of Hope in California. And they were amazing. Uh, but something just connected me or drew me to OT. There was something about OT at the time that gave me hope that helped me be the person that um, I was, but that cancer was limiting me to be. And so it really gave me hope because um, at that time, I didn't know that I was going to be able to walk again fine, if I was going to be able to go to school. And so being able to receive OT and have hope that, hey, I'll be able to get back to this life, this lifestyle that, you know, I wanted as a 19-year-old. Um, that really drew me to this profession. Mm. So fast forward a few years, I went into my undergrad degree at UC Irvine. Um, and I had exposure, a lot more exposure to OT. And I love Pete's. And I really thought I was going to end up in Pete's too. Um, and I think a lot of students do because it's it's so much fun to work with kiddos. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> I, I I still work with kids um, and, I, and I love it. Uh, but it wasn't until... OT school where there was an opportunity for us to choose our placements. And I knew that City at Hope, which was a, a comprehensive cancer hospital, they were taking in some level two students. And so I really advocated for myself. And initially it wasn't going to work out. And I went back to a fieldwork coordinator and said, please, like, you have no idea. Like this means so me, like so much to me. If I can go back to this place where I was able to get a new life and a new purpose. Like, please, please. Can you please beg for a rotation for me? And um, she was amazing. Our fellow leader oh. at Dominguez Hills. And I went to California State, Dominguez Hills in California. And um, mm. she, she went back and she advocated for me and I got a rotation. And it was a very difficult rotation because it was acute care and outpatient and oncology. And it was all oncology. Every mm. single patient, that was a primary diagnosis. Um, so it was a really hard rotation, but it was also the best experience that I had. I just learned so much from so many people and I just fell in love with the population. Um, so I really wanted to work there, but when I completed that rotation, they didn't have a position available. Um, and so I ended up initially in outpatient peds, working with children with, um, developmental delays and autism. And after about a year, I got a phone call from the department at City of Hope that they had a full-time position if I was interested. And I didn't think about it twice. I jumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is a dream. And I had a phenomenal experience as a student. Like I, it's a dream to be able to go back um, to the same place where I received my own treatment, to the same place where I completed my level two rotation. So it really felt like this. Wow. Um, I That's did, really uh, meaningful. It's super meaningful. I I absolutely loved it. So it was a really great experience. Um, and then just being there back as a full-blown clinician, um, just felt amazing. Like I really look forward to working with my patients every single day. It, it yeah, I, you know what I, I what I love about your your story is that it just um it comes to show how things can go full circle, you know. Um, and um I fell in love 
personally with my level two field work over at this VA hospital where I was at in the spinal cord injury unit. And I, I like, I just, I loved it. And I, like to say that I was literally bawling after my field work rotation was done. It's an understatement just because of the people that I met and um, the, the field work educator that I had. And um, it, it was all just such a wonderful um, experience. And I can only imagine um, like going there, you know, like to, to just to that placement, um, let alone, you know, like that would be meaningful. I, I can't even fathom how meaningful that must be to go to the place where y- you not only got, you know, like found OT, but you got treatment, you found hope, you've, you gained um, a, 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 a new life, you know? Um, so like that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, there was, the point where I had a thought of this is going to be the the best experience or the worst experience, because I'm like, mm-hmm. trauma, there's a lot of medical trauma as well involved when you go through cancer. So that also crossed my mind. I'm like, this, this could be the, the best decision or the worst, but, um, but I want to try it. I want to have exposure to it. And that's one of the benefits of having all these level one and level two rotations in OT school is that you get all of these um, experiences and exposure to various settings and population where you get to see where you're connected yeah and if you're listening to this and um one of the fieldwork educators over at the university of saint augustine you could go and check out that episode with dr christina bertrand um we talked a little bit about how you can be successful within fieldwork so feel free to check that episode out too um so yeah but fieldwork is an awesome opportunity um you guys i guess are getting just like a minuscule taste, like the most minuscule what it's like to be in the field with all these different settings and stuff like that in the series that we're doing. Um, So with that said, since you said that this would either be the best thing or the worst thing, what did you most enjoy or, um, or and actually I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm, I'm not even sure. Are you currently working with that population right now at the, at that hospital? Or no. Is, no, not anymore. And I and I yeah. wish I can still be there because I had just a phenomenal experience. So I worked there for a number of years at City of Hope, yeah. exclusively in oncology. And then I moved to San Antonio, Texas, where Got it. I have my own private practice here. Bravo That's Therapy, awesome. Uh, where I still serve that population. We serve the pediatric and adult population. Um, so I still continue to work with this, uh, with this, with this crowd and I just can't, I can't let it go. It's just, um, yeah, it's a special connection that, that I have with my patients and that a lot of us do, you know, whether you have shared diagnosis or not, we're able to still connect with, with certain people at a deeper level. And that's what I have with, with this crowd. I'm like, I just love getting to know them, their story, um, how their life is being affected by cancer and just roping in the entire family. Because when someone's diagnosed with cancer, it just doesn't affect that one person. It affects everyone around them. Uh, the caregiver, the partners, the children, family and friends. Um, there's a lot of questions and uncertainty and um they're going through a roller coaster. So I feel like for me, just to be able to be in that space with them, it, it feels like a privilege to be able to guide them and provide our services. 
And just if you're listening to this, all right, I really want to encourage you to listen to next week's episode with Vanessa because we're going to be diving into more of the nitty gritty of what that entails and what that looks like for her. Um, so just putting that out there, guys, to my listeners out there. Um, now, Vanessa, what would you say has been some of your favorite things working with this population um, and uh, dealing with individuals with cancer and being in the world of oncology? I think, let's see. That's a really good question. Um, one of the areas that... Yeah, like, what do you most enjoy about it? I mean, I, I really love every single setting because the world of oncology, OT oncology, is as big as, let's say, pediatrics, where you have school-based OT, outpatient OT, home health. Um, similarly, in oncology, we have so many subpopulations. So we have our breast cancer populations. We have our mm-hmm. hematology populations. We have our... Got it oncology. So I've really had experience and exposure in a lot of these. Um, and I love every single group, but I'm thinking more of interventions of what I like to do. So one of the needs that I, that I encountered early on in working in oncology was, um, addressing body image and sexuality. Mm. Um, a lot of cancer patients are still sexual beings that are able yeah. to and connect with their partners at that deeper level. And I noticed that there weren't a lot of providers um, addressing it, not even like asking a question about, you know, how is cancer affected your, your, your intimacy, your sex life. And so I had an, ama- an amazing manager at City of Hope that um, really wanted to start programming um, for sexuality. And so I was able to um, help um, initiate that program. And so I really enjoyed just going into a new area that there wasn't a lot of resources and information on and being able to create something out of nothing. And that was um, our sexuality programming. So I, it's That's amazing. It, it was exciting. Uh, no pun intended. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun from the beginning. It took many years. Wow. Um, but to be able to come up with something that is so helpful um, to our patients that help them to connect with their partners. And um, and a lot of the partners are also caregivers um, to be able to help them connect and feel bo- to feel better in their own body and to feel better connecting with others and their intimate life um, was really fun from the beginning. So I think that's one of the areas that I found really exciting um, to address. And, and I think another area too is managing a lot of the symptoms um, that could affect many areas of occupations. Uh, So fatigue and pain and mental health issues being some very common ones that happen in oncology. Um, So being able to address those things that just have like this ripple effect and affect not just ADLs, IADLs, leisure uh, participation, social participation. Um, I really like addressing uh, those symptoms that are very common in this population. That is very, very neat. I'm wanting to hear definitely even more. So I'm going to be asking more questions in for like during next week's episode. Um, So, all right. And then, so would you say that given that like okay you enjoyed it now do you think it takes a certain type of person or personality to work with this specific um population or setting 
I do. I do think that it takes a, a specific person. Um, I think it has to be someone, first of all, is very empathetic. Um, that even though they haven't maybe been through cancer, they try to put themselves in the shoes of others and understand what they're going through. So it's a very scary um, time. It can be a very frustrating time. And there's a lot of emotions going on with the cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment. So it definitely takes a person that um, is really caring and empathetic. I think it also takes a person that is flexible too, because a lot of things change in oncology. I mean, within hours, you know, somebody's functional status might easily change or symptoms might be fluctuating. Um, so it takes a therapist that's very adaptable and could really pivot in a moment to, to change, let's say, a treatment plan or an approach. Um, so I think those are some of the two things that I would suggest someone to think about if they're if they're considering oncology is, do you consider yourself an empathetic and an adaptable person? Yeah, and I say this all the time, Sue. I think with anything too, one of the best characteristics that any therapist can have regardless of setting is just the willingness, you mm -hmm. know, like, because if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to help and you're truly um, uh, set on that, right. Um, and genuine about it and empathetic about it, then, you know, e even if you have the answers, you will find them and you try your best to be, a resource for this um family you know so um yeah definitely 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 um i guys like just really be introspective I, i'm asking these questions too just for for a, like for a reason you know like and would you say like maybe that um for uh in in terms of helping individuals with um that are going through chemo and like do you have to be okay with bodily fluids and um and certain types of um lesions i'm assuming as well being okay with seeing certain things that can be um not a lot of people can uh see right like it may be very sensitive to to the eye i don't know if you want to um talk a little bit about that Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't even think about that. But in some settings, let's say acute care, it's very common for a lot of our patients that are going through chemotherapy and radiation to feel nauseous. And there's, I feel I've had a lot yeah. of sessions where they have to, we have to keep the trash bin next to us um, yeah. because they might feel fine. But the moment they sit up and want to participate in OT, you know, they're feeling nauseous just by that movement. Um so definitely, definitely you have to, I wouldn't say feel comfortable in the beginning, but at least be okay with it. And then I think over time, you just get used to it. that You don't even think about it. So that's I true. In, yeah. I go in and if I see in the treatment note that, or in the physician's round notes that today they're feeling very nauseous, just going in, I already know, okay, I got to make sure that when I go in, I'm in the right environment where we have access to, um, some sort of a bag or the trash bin or we're in the restroom. I'm just constantly aware of that um, as we're in session. Very, very good as uh, so, well. I don't want to take up much more of your for this episode. Do you want to say any uh, words of wisdom in this episode to our listeners or people that are interested in um, pursuing 
a a role within uh, in oncology as an occupational therapist? Yes, it's it's a very unique and special setting and population for me, and and I think for a lot of other OTs that work in oncology. Um, as you're going through your volunteer hours and your field rotations, just being open, you know, being open um, and having that exposure to working with adults with cancer, whether it's their primary diagnosis or secondary diagnosis, um, just trying it out. I think you'll be surprised for a lot of people to to find this job just very meaningful. Um, there's, a, there's a big sense of purpose for me and for a lot of OTs. Um, so I would say just keep an open mind um, and see whether this is a setting um, that you connect with. It's it's an emerging area right now in oncology. Um, there is a huge, huge need. We Hint, 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 hint <laughs> for you guys is, who are applying. If this is an interest of you, it's an emerging area. A common question I've heard in interviews actually is, oh, what are some emerging areas of practice that you are interested in? And students don't know. So just keep it in mind. <laughs> this <Yes>. is really... <laughs> it is. And I think because it is an emerging area, there's still a lot of things unknown that we're trying to figure out. And we need more research. We need more therapists to come in and to be exposed and to teach others. Um, so I know we were talking earlier about just the number of cancer survivors out there right now. It's a huge number. Millions and millions of people in the community right now are cancer survivors. I'm a cancer survivor. And a lot of people would see me and not even know that because I'm walking and I'm pretty functional, but I still deal with side effects from cancer that impact me. And because I'm an OT, I'm able to manage them very well and function very a while. But if I didn't have OT services, if I weren't OT, I don't know where I would be right now. Possibly bed bound, possibly with very poor quality of life. But because of, you know, the services I receive um, and who I am now as a professional, I think I've been able to really thrive um, personally and professionally. Wow. But we need OTs in the setting. Um so if you're considering it, uh, definitely, you know, follow up with someone who has exposure experience. You can always reach out to me as well. You can email me um, or you can follow me at the Anka OT in Instagram. I love to share information. Um, this is this is my uh, my life's calling is to really spread awareness of what we do, the whole lot that we can do for our patients. And all her information is going to be in the show notes. Okay, guys. So just go ahead and check those show notes out and you can follow her um, there and um, we'll be sure to put all of her information there. All righty. Well, thank you again, Vanessa. And we'll have you on again for next week's episode. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye, everyone. so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope this has been valuable and will get you one step closer to being the occupational therapist you want to be. You can check out all of our resources and social media platforms on otgenius.com. The website again is otgenius.com. If you wish to connect with us, you can do so by booking a consultative call on the website or even find us on Instagram. The handle is at ot.genius and you can there join our monthly newsletter and stay up to date on all the things we are doing to help you succeed. We hope that you have a great day and thank you again for listening.